0: If you didn't do good in school, your mom would always threaten you with one of two things. you want to flip burgers for the rest of your life? Or you want to dig ditches for the rest of your life? I'm kind of going to turn that upside down and be like, you know, we ought to all be some ditch diggers nowadays. But before we get there, I want to jump back to the beginning. There's a lot of stuff in this chapter that uh, was just read. So look back at verse 1, and I'm going to kind of get through the beginning here because we've got two sermons in one. So, first thing is this. This guy comes, and by the way, I, I'm a, I need a volunteer who can't read as good as I can read for next week. Because I'm getting upset when you guys read and pronounce the words <laughs> better than I do. And I'm the one who studied it all week long. Um, so, anybody who would like to volunteer is a bad reader. I <laughs> have yes. <laughs> The kids probably better than me, too. But so. <laughs> you guys come here willingly. I wish y'all that <laughs> didn't they'll, they'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: had some second graders probably that
0: probably couldn't read this. Oh, well, good. I'm a second grader. Thank you. That's every, every college graduate who's a grown man wants
1: to hear it. Well, <laughs> 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 so, you
0: said couldn't read this. Pipe down, buddy. <laughs> 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 Look at versus two and three real quick. I just want to point uh, it out because that's important. This guy who's now king because, you know, the, the king died, and then his brother died, and he's, he's taking over this spot. He's reigning, and here's what it says about him, though. He's not like his father, not like his mother. He removed some of the, some of the idol worship that was going on. And you're going to be like, man, that's so awesome. Somebody's finally going to change the script here. And then you get verse 3, which says, Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of another guy, Jeroboam, and he caused Israel to commit, and he didn't turn away from them. Parents, especially for you, this was kind of free for the beginning. This isn't Sermon 1 or Sermon 2. What we leave behind our children sets the stage for what they're gonna do. Yeah. Right. You know, had told me last week he said, Man, I've been I've been in churches where they had a thousand people on a Sunday. But they hadn't had 28 to 38 kids to take off to go to Kids Haven when it's time for that break. Now we can think, man, that's awesome. That's the future of the church, that's great. Way to go you can just say, man, a lot of people really like that verse in Genesis that says, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> uh, you can just say, man, they're really young and they don't have TVs. Um, you can say all kind of good stuff about it, but here's, here's the fact about it. We can fill up that gym every week, but if we don't train them the right way, sure. ain't nothing to brag about. Amen. Right? Amen. Anybody can have a bunch of kids. Anybody can get a bunch of kids gathered together. It's the training of them the right way that makes the biggest difference. Right. And you can say, yeah, but this guy, at least he didn't follow the... The, the sins of his father and mother. When, when a father and a mother set the example that it don't matter, it don't matter which sin the children follows either. Yeah, sure, he did follow the exact same one, but he saw sin is okay, he saw idol worship is okay, and he saw anything but Yahweh was okay, and he follows suit that way. We set the tone for our children with what they know is okay and what's not okay. Alright? Then you get to this next thing, and here's what you see. Because of this change of ownership, because of this This change of of religion and all this stuff going on, Moab finally says this. Now, for those of you who haven't been with us for for too long, if you go back, uh, well, back many, many chapters, uh, when Moab got taken over, the deal was this. Hey, we we now own you, and if you don't want us to come down here and beat you up every week, you're going to give us some, some taxes. So no different than April fifteenth for anybody who's a ten ninety nine. Um, the government requires that. So you know this guy comes in and he says he says you're going to give us hundred thousand sheep. You're going to give us hundred thousand uh, things of wool. You know these are the requirements. Well, the change of leadership is a good time to try somebody out, isn't it? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Think about that. So change of leadership happens and Moab says you know what we're going to quit paying taxes. We're going to quit paying our levy or whatever you want to call it, our deal, our agreement. They, they go back on it. And because they go back on it, they probably expect eventually there's going to be some repercussions from this. And sure enough, this king says, Man, I, I don't know about this. Like, I, I'm not too happy. Let's let's go get him. Now notice how weird but smart this route is that he takes too. And this isn't really significant to, to the big lesson of the saying But but he doesn't go straight there. He makes this trip where he goes to this other king, which we we're going to talk about in just a minute, Joseph, and he, he gets him on board. And Jehoshaphat says, yeah, I'll go. And and here's the sad part about Jehoshaphat, man. And and this is is for a lot of believers too. Jehoshaphat is actually a a relatively good guy. He he does believe in God. He's he's a God-fearing king. But he always makes this critical mistake. This isn't the first time he's made it. He always makes this critical mistake of, like, teaming up with idiots. Now, some of you may be the person being teamed up with. And some of you may be the Jehoshaphat. And some of you may just be getting nudged by your spouse or a friend that knows you really well. They're saying, stop teaming up with the idiots.
1: Because here's the
0: lesson we're talking about. No matter how good he is, no matter how smart, yes, he does. I know he's got the question, there not there a man of God? You know, in here right now, some of you are thinking about personal past experiences that you made, made mistakes. This guy makes this alliance with this wicked king, and he agrees to, to do it. But what is it leading? It leads him and all those people walking around the desert. I, I've, never, I've never walked around the desert. Has anybody actually walked? Ooh, ooh. German, I think I leave early. So, all right, so, 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 this whole verse around the Do you like just casually? I mean, the way the verse is written, it's just like they're doing a walkabout, just strolling around the desert for seven days. Is, is that how you would do it? Oh,
1: no. We have an agenda. You
0: know what I'm saying? I have an agenda. I want to know, like, where the, where the break is going to be, where we're going to take camp, where we're going to get food, where we're going to have more. Well, you know, what is the plan? This guy says, the only plan I got is, this the route we're going to take. And I think he's smart in this, because Moab's probably expecting a, a, an attack eventually. So he does go in the back way. And then going in the back way, he stops by eating, he says, you know, what, let just pick up this king too. So now you've got three kings, three armies. I mean, you're rolling with a massive force, ready to take care of business. And then this one, here's what I love. This one little thing like water stops everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get all your horses in a row. Isn't that how the phrase goes? Okay. Right? All your ponies lined up. All your, ducks. all your ducks in a row. Oh, right. all ducks in a row. <laughs> oh, I would eat a duck. I might have a duck tonight because I'm taking my wife to face her restaurant for Valentine's Day, so oh. they've got ducks. That sounds good, right? I don't know why my ducks would be in a row. That's a dumb saying. We shouldn't use that. They can lead <laughs> a horse to uh, water. water. <laughs> That's how they walk. That's how they travel. I know the real reason. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, please. <man. laughs> Go sit with her. Go sit, go sit together. You don't think I can read as much nice as a two-year-old 2 second-grader, and you don't think thinking I didn't know why Dutch was in a as I really do have a college degree, I swear. Man, I might tires for a little, but I got that degree. It's Hansel. I don't even know if it hangs the little. I don't even know where it is. I did it for my all. I ain't gonna you. if I go to school, and then the Lord slams me in the head, maybe I should go to school and learn something. Okay. Anyway, where was I? <laughs> you get all your plans that you want, ducks in a row, everything in line, prepared, ready, and got to take like this little small thing, and so you that you can't go no further than that, right? Something. Think about it. Everything's ready, man. His plan is working out. He made this trip. He's gathered these kids. He's gathered these armies. They've got the animals. They've got, they've got everything going. Except they ain't got nothing to drink. And it don't matter how awesome and how prepared you are. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to drink in a desert after seven days. Your men ain't going to be very happy. Your animals ain't going to be very happy. You not going to be very happy. You ever heard of hangry? Oh, yeah. Anybody's spouse get hangry? I do. I got both up, right? right? Some of y'all are, are excited, right? What about thirsty? Thir- I can't say it. What would you call it if you're thirst-angry? Thangry. That's thirsty. Thangry. Thangry, thangry. thangry. next thing. What? Thangry. Sixth grade smarter than two. <laughs> you have anybody that's thangry? We don't use that phrase, but isn't that more accurate? Like, we get thirsty more than we get hungry, right? In South Carolina we do, at least in the summer. But, but that's where these guys are at, and here, here's part, just like part of what's going on right here that God's trying to show. Like He stopped them, and He's hoping like something's going to happen. But the sad part, and I want to get back to this because it's kind of it's significant about a big thing in this chapter. Jehoshaphat and his men would only be here would wouldn't be here if they hadn't teamed up with wicked people. You wouldn't be in some of your situations if you wouldn't be teaming up with wicked people. Now, I'm not saying, like, you don't ever go get the lost and you don't ever team up with those outside of your I'm just saying when you build your bridge to the lost, you make sure it's a bridge that they can cross over and you're not going to cross over. Yeah. <laughs> because the warning is this. It's a whole lot easier for warm water to turn cold than for cold water to turn hot. Yeah. Right? So you can be all on fire, but they can cool you off real, real fast.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? We need, we need to be aware of this kind of thing and make sure we understand it right here with us. We don't want to be the ones being pulled down. We want to be the ones pulling them up. And that's a big warning here. 2 Corinthians says it this way, chapter 6. Paul writes in Corinthians this thing twice. He says it again in chapter 15. First one he says, uh, come out from among them and be separate. We're going to be separate people. And we should look different. We should talk different. We should act different, right? Uh, Chapter 15, verse 33 says, be not deceived; evil communications corrupt good manners. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not just telling our kids don't hang out with the bad kids at school because it, it makes us feel good. It's a true thing. Ooh. evil corrupts good character, right? And when you get to verse 10, somebody's like, praise God, he jumped all the way to verse 10.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go back and look at this. <laughs> <laughs> the king Israel said, oh no, the Lord has summoned these three kings only to hand them over to Moab. You guys ever notice sometimes those that don't ever want to acknowledge God, believe in God, are the first to talk negative of God?
1: Ooh
0: i met so-called, and I do believe there are real atheists, but i met so-called atheists that will talk trash about God. I'm like, how are you talking trash if you don't believe there's anything? Exactly. There? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what are you talking trash about? You don't believe he's there. Right? Yeah. Or, or better yet, this way. If that one doesn't get home for you, maybe this one will. You ever notice how guilty people blame the innocent? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why does it take place sometimes? It, it, it breaks my heart. I've I seen I see it it's so corrupt as this right here. The, the one doing the cheating in a relationship is blaming the other one about cheating. And they're the ones doing the cheating. That's what happened to me. So you got a completely innocent person being blamed by the guilty person about what the guilty person's doing. Yes, that happened Right? Amen. You, you, you ever met people sometimes that, 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 that they're guilty about not reading their Bible, so they'll harp on you about reading it. They're guilty about not following the law of the Lord and then His wisdom and, the, and His kingdom commands, so they'll harp on you? Right? It's always that, that guilty person that feels the need to blame the innocent. That's what these guys are doing right here. God ain't had nothing to do with this. And here you got this king of Moab that says, God brought us here just to kill us. Well, I've read 1 through 10 60 times this week, and not once in 1 through 10 today even asked God what he wanted. So they put themselves in this situation. And I wonder how often sometimes we don't ever ask God what he wants, but we put ourselves in the situation and we don't like the outcome. And then we're quick to say, oh God, I can't believe you did this to me. When God just in a and say, like, you didn't even ask my opinion. You know, what's supposed to be going on here, right? Joseph said, he, he had done run right in separation, but he does get a little bit wise right here after his people are, are, are in this bad spot. Here's what he says in verse 11. Joseph said, isn't there a problem with the Lord here? Let's inquire about him let's check him out and see what he's got going on thank God somebody in the group is wise enough to know this right and, and here's what's awesome or here I guess here's what's sad first what's sad first is that we always wait to the last minute for God
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, we always wait till we're stuck in the worst frustration well, why had not we thought of going to God first why had not we inquired of the Lord before we acted? Why, why didn't God you know why, why didn't we approach God and see what God wanted when you don't know God you don't know God's voice
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the problem with this group right here. They don't know God. So they don't even know. His, <laughs> I wonder how often maybe God was even screaming, "Stop! Turn around! No! Don't keep going!" Before they even got to this point right here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the other neat thing here that I like is this about Elijah. One of the things we get to—we're going to we're gonna begin to see lots of tricks in him as we go through these chapters right here. Uh, first of all, a nameless guy knows that he's still there, and he says this at the end of the verse. So he says, "Elijah, he's here. He used to pour the water on the hands of Elijah." So, so last week we talked about Elijah was quick. Like he would come in and he would call down fire on the mountain he would leave back to the wilderness. Right? He was not a people person. He spoke for God. He spoke to the people. But he was like that, that preacher that like he's going to preach the word and he's getting in the back. He's like, you he don't like y'all. Right? So, so as we're that, Elijah is so different. Elijah's right there with him. Like he's with the people. And I wonder sometimes if that's why maybe we get to see him do, we know he was getting that double blessing from last week, maybe that's why we get to see him do so much more. Because when you're actively involved with people, you're able to do so much more. Right? So he's with the people. That's what what he says. He says, remember this guy. He's here with us. So here's your first sermon. It's about five points, five characteristics about Elijah that we should be craving to be after, Right? And, and the first one that, that sums them all up, so this isn't point one or you call it six points and if you call it point one, is this? Reputation matters. Your reputation matters. I repeat it because here's the problem sometimes we get into in this little Christian world. Right? Oh, I don't care what the world thinks. I don't care what they think. Well, you're supposed to be a witness to them, so I think you ought to care what they think. Right? You're you you Maybe you've been the one that gets that attitude sometimes. Right? Oh, I don't care what they think. You better care what they think because what they think about you is sometimes what they think about God. And now that's not right, and it's not fair, but it's the truth. So reputation matters. Here's what what helps his reputation. Here's his his desirable characteristics. Number one, we should be someone that people think of when they want to find out what God says. We should be the one when somebody's going through hell, they don't say, man, I'm going to call Mike. I'm going to call clip. I'm, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call and check out. Like, what what do they think about this? What what is there going on? How far do you rank up on the list of friends? Whenever people think they need some godly advice, where's your name at? Unless if your name at oh, no, if you're at the top, maybe you need to reevaluate the way you really <laughs> what you're doing. to do. Right? If you're, like, the last resort that people think of, you know, hey, man, I've been called 25 people and asked their opinion. But, you know, you're, like, the last one on my call or ID. I was just checking out, like, if there's a way. You, if that's the approach that your friends have with you, something ain't right. All right? You want to be the first one. You want to be the one they think of. The, 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 in your life, you want to be constantly governed by the Word of God, God's wisdom, and therefore people know that and seek out your advice. All right? That was easy. Number two, we should be someone who's showing ourselves to be faithful servants faithful <coughs> servants. We don't like that word, servant, do we? Right? What's listed about Elijah here? The only trait said about him in this chapter? He poured water. Elijah's here. He was the servant that just poured. So what they're looking at is this guy was just like this this little bit better than a slave guy that poured water on Elijah's hands while he was rinsing them off and stuff. Water boy. Right? Who wants to be known as water boy? That's what I kind of what I was thinking, right? Ooh. Like, you know, yes, what position do you play on the team? I bring the water out <laughs> to them when they're hot and thirsty. Right? I mean, no. Nobody's, nobody's desire is to be that guy. But he doesn't have a problem being that guy. We ought to have a servant mentality as Christians. Servant mentality is this. When you see somebody that needs a hand, you give a hand. So you can judge yourself that way real quick. Like, how many times you walked by somebody that you saw that could have used a little bit of help and you just kept on strolling? Maybe you use the thing, I'm too busy, I got a lot going on, I can't do it, whatever. Well, if you can't do it, just stop and talk to them for a little while While they can't do it either. And y'all can both not do it together. Right? We, we our a servant mentality is those that are going to stop and, and, and serve and be with those that need a hand and need some help, right? It's significant that, that, that he's identified as a servant and not as nothing else. Now, now we talked last week and the very first week back in 1 Kings chapter 19, so, so I hope you remember what, what life did Elisha live? Leave?
1: He was rich. Mm-hmm. Remember, he had, he had
0: 24 teams, of, or he had 12 teams, so he had 24 oxen. He had slaves that were working for him or, or, or workers that were working for him, whatever you want to call it. He himself was working, so he was a good guy. He was loaded. He was getting ready to take over Elijah Farms. But he got rid of all of it. All of it. He got rid of it. his position, his power, his financial security, all of it. To be a slave for like 8 to 13 years, depending on how you calculate, you know, that gap between First Kings 19 and, and last week whenever he takes over. To be a, a servant of somebody else. Right? We should be people who others look at and know that we are faithful servants of God. Number three. We should be someone who's unaffected by flattery and people. Let me, let me repeat that for some of you. We should be someone who's unaffected by flattery or people. You ever see people when they get, like, flattered by somebody and they just lose everything? What? Right? You, ever, you, ever, you see it? You know what I'm talking about? My, my sad part, easy example, not, not to be sexist anyway, I swear, but my sad part is some of you ladies, some of you awesome, awesome ladies, you're so beautiful, you're so smart, you got so much going for you, and you'll let a dumb guy come in and speak flattery to you, and you'll forget how much you're really valuable, what your, what your, what your real value is. You forget it. And all it is, is is just that speaking that, that comes in. Or, or some of us, not just pick on old lady. Some of us men, we do the same thing. You be headed for the right direction. You be you be pursuing the right things, and she come in and just rub on that bicep and tell you, "Oh, you're so strong." <laughs> <laughs> you been there huh? And you, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you, you just melt in their hand like,
0: "Oh man, like you forget where you were headed," right? I told you a minute ago. I'm telling myself as my wife sits here in Valentine's Day. That's sad, right? I told you better, I made a deal with my mom I would go to college, right? I'm not a school person. You can tell, <laughs> right? Just, just not me. I'm for it. And it just ain't my cup of tea, right? So, so I went. After about two days in college, I realized there's some good-looking girls in college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? So, so, so that's what I went for then. So, so the transition is gone, and, and I forgot all about there was classes and education. And, and that kind of stuff there. And then I left one of them there. Here's how God works. This, this is awesome. God would get you even while you're chasing the wrong things sometimes. One of them taught me to are this thing called halftime. He's like, oh, you good at halftime with me, da 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 I don't know what halftime was. I didn't care about halftime. Mm-hmm. I care about something else. Yeah. <laughs> right, but I made it to halftime. And in the middle of halftime, this dude gets up and he is pretty. Halftime was like this, this, this Wednesday night, Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, they did, it was just like upbeat, super college on fire, um, preaching going on and music and everything. It was awesome. About halfway through that thing, I forgot about that little brunette. Mm. I forgot that we even came to meet up to go anywhere afterwards. Because she left and I was still on the floor in a gym slash cafeteria that was being used for a stage, for a concert at a college that I went to just to make a deal with my mom, just to go find a girl a couple weeks later. Just to get found out by God that I'd been playing religion for far too long, he was going to get me straight. And
1: yeah,
0: thank God I left that in the mix. I found me a much better one, right? <laughs> God. Uh, we don't blow that here <laughs> we do draw the line at certain things that stops you right <laughs> uh, and here's what I'm getting at with, with Elijah right here when you get this thing you've got a picture because here's what it says in verse 12 Jehoshaphat affirmed yeah the word of the Lord is definitely with him this, this is a man of God so the king of Jehoshaphat is uh, and the king of Edom they went to him now you read over that and that's nothing but you got a picture because up until this point in, in all the scripture that we've been doing the king's been saying what? You go get him and bring him to me. Right. I'm the person of power. I'm the person of authority, right? Now you've got three kings <laughs> that are in such a bad situation. You know how many thousands of people and how many hundreds of animals they probably had mad at them? Mm. I mean, they probably couldn't look at the cow without the cow giving them a look of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, it was bad. <clears throat> These three kings instantly roll over yeah. and go over to him. So he's in the presence of three kings that have, that have humbled themselves from their position to come to him. Yeah. But you know what he does? He doesn't change his word at all. He doesn't get nervous, he doesn't get shaken, because he's been in the presence of God before, so the presence of men doesn't doesn't surprise him. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who's been in the presence of God, the presence of man does not like overwhelm him anymore, because you've been in the greatest presence you could be in. And and, and that's where he's at, he's standing there, and and he's not a yes man. You know, they're coming to him and they're probably probably a little bit of threatening, I don't know what they were really saying up until this point, you know, they're probably like, you, you're going to get us some water? Or, or you're going to be gone? But he's not a yes man. His allegiance was to God, to, to to the word of the Lord. And regardless of that person's position, power, or wealth in front of him, he didn't care. He doesn't waver from this thing. And look at what he says in verses 13 through 14. This is probably my favorite part of the chapter. And I only get to preach on it for like 30 seconds. But it's so just, for, just for knowledge, right? So they go to him. Three kings are standing before him. Verse 13 says, Elijah said to the king... What in the world do you have in common with me? You know, like what he's really saying here, like he, he's getting some thug attitude. In it. I mean, he gets straight up. Like you got to see it. He's saying, "Yo, like we don't even, like we're not even the same kind of person. Why are you here? Like we don't like the same stuff. We don't do the same stuff. You got no business being on my side of the line. Stay over there in your own turf." Like, that's where he's at. Then he goes on. He says, "How about you go?" You got to love his attitude, man. Like some people's, like Christians, got to be pushovers. I watched Machine Gun Preacher last night. Which I gotta give stipulation: be careful if you watch it. It's a true story. That's why I watch it. I love true stories, but it is it is a true story about a biker. So you can think about some stuff that come with that. Don't watch it with the family. Anyway, but but that guy, that guy don't put up with a crap. Like if you've seen it, if you know Sam Childs' um, uh, testimony and story, like you know, like he's the real deal. Like he took machine guns and went and rescued the kids. The 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 people in Africa had taken from their villages. Like he went and got them back. And he got a lot of ridicule. And they were like, I can't believe you, you would resort to this. And I love it. His quote is real quote at the very end of the movie. He says, if somebody had taken your kids, your family member, and you knew I could go get them, would you care how it yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. it makes you think, man. It'd make you think. But anyway, anyway, this, this, this is this guy. He's machine gun preacher Elijah. Right? <laughs> oh, they the machine gets back. I guess he did. So he's like rapid firing arrow bow and arrow guy first compound bow I've ever made that shot multiple rounds Elijah <laughs> go to the province of your father and your mother what he saying is why don't you going back to them they don't, but, but he's really got to, he's really got to tag it up he's like oh your promise ain't working for you now you got to be careful how you speak like this all right so, so please hear this hear me Christians I'm not telling you to talk to everybody who comes at you like this okay there's some people I'd like to talk to like this, but there's got to be a right time in here. Elijah at least has the right, he's got the right time for this to take place. You can't, you can't roll out somebody who's been, you know, snorting coke or drinking alcohol trying to deal with their problems and be like, oh, you drugs and alcohol ain't working for you no more? You're going to send them right back to it, all right? So use your head, use your head. Don't don't, don't be a machine gun preacher all the time, right? right? But he's telling them, they're not working for you. But the king is replied, no. Because, capital LRD, because Yahweh, who was some of these things to hand over to Moab, he's still blaming God. He's blaming God so much. Can you imagine how mad Elisha is getting? I mean, listen to his voice, right? He responds. (laughs) By the life of Yahweh, the the Lord of armies, before whom I stand, if I didn't have respect for Jehoshaphat who happened to come with you. So so here's a little, little, little free lesson for you, right? You said reputation matters. Who you hang out with matters. Because notice what's going on. If they ain't been hanging out with the right guy, if they didn't invite the right king to get over there to them, Elijah's saying straight up, man, I'd still be talking trash to y'all right now. Like, I'd still be kicking y'all's king's little butts all the way back over to where you came with your other prophets, right? But i got respect for this one guy that you brought, Jehoshaphat of Judah. I wouldn't even look at you if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't even notice you if it wasn't for him. Does that sound like the way you should be talking to kings? It's the lesson, man. He doesn't doesn't waver by who he's talking to. He doesn't let flattery or position change who he is. He's calling them out on their phony religion and their phony prophets straight up. And thank God in verse 14 that they did hang around with the right people. Reputation matters. Number four, characteristic. We should be someone who cultivates sensitivity to the spirit of God. Did that, man, because that's real important. That's what we just said. Because I think a lot. anybody able to relate with Elijah where he's at right now? Chapter 14? I mean, verse 14? I'm the only one? All right. The rest of y'all are so holy, it's awesome. Like, y'all should preach next week, because y'all got way more loving kindness and grace and mercy than than I have ever done. But I've been been where Elijah's at. Like, I've had it with some people, right? Like, the line's been drawn, and, like, I've wanted to give them their two cents. I'll say it the right way, because they had to tell me, like, it's two cents because. No. <laughs> um, here's what he does, though. There's great wisdom here, guys. Great wisdom. Rather than speaking what's on his heart, after after he starts this thing, he stops. Y- y'all ever? I, now, y'all don't argue because y'all don't even have bad feelings about people outside your house. <laughs> Me and my wife, we've had disagreements before. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like one. Just like one. Right. But ain't that one disagreement. Like, I went to say something I shouldn't have said. Mm-hmm. Luckily, before. Oh, well. All right, so we were in twice. <laughs> One time, I didn't have that filter, and I just. go on with it. Oh, boy. It's a bad night. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lonely couple
0: nights. <laughs> right? But then this other time, because we only heard twice.
1: <laughs> this other
0: time, like, I went to say it, and then it was like, <laughs> and I felt and let the wheels turn a little bit. And I, I'm a visual guy, so, like, I let the picture play out, and I was like, that was a lonely night last time. Yeah. Lonely a couple nights last time. We don't want that. So, so then I, I put the filter on and changed the way I spoke. Oh, that's, that's where Elijah's at right now. He's mad. He's on fire. But he stops. He stops before he says any more. And look at what he does. He takes it to the Lord. Yeah. He takes a look. look at verse 15. He desire you could write it this way. He desires to be sensitive to God's spirit. That's a good way to say it. Verse 15, what does he say? Now bring me a harpist, bring me a musician. Some of you guys like Henry so you can say, bring me Ed.
1: <laughs> bring
0: me the drumsticks. <laughs> right? Bring me the guitar. I don't, I don't care what it is, right? But he's saying, I, I need to stop for a minute. And I need to collect my thoughts. And I need to get them back in order. You guys on the stage, y'all got no idea what you do for setting the tone for a service. Right. Yeah. You don't. I'm not, you don't just play music at church. When people gather, not, not really. I mean, we, some of y'all might think it's just music, but it ain't supposed to be.
1: Ooh.
0: Like, that's the time where, like, you're getting right. Like, you're getting ready. Like, you're you're, you're, you're you're thinking about all the things that have gone on for the week, and you're like, hold on, that's got to go. That can stay. Like, like, it's a time of getting ready. Then, then there's, a, there's a section of praise maybe something. See, see, we think all music's the same. Maybe that's our problem. Like, we just think all worship, all praise. No, no, music does never stuff. There's some get ready music. Y'all ever played any ball in your day? I've instilled mean, in my boys, you've got to have your get ready music. Right? you gotta, you got to have your hype music, man. So they bust on some NF and they bust on some monster song. And, and, and they just, they rock out and get ready to go charge the field. Right, you think like a 104 pound kid just became 208 pounds? Like by the way he up, like he's ready, he's hype. Right? I do the same thing sometimes. Like I, I gotta get that that hype music in me and get ready. If you if you're I don't run. anybody run? I pick things up and put things down in the gym. I don't But really right? so somebody runs back there. Good job, Jessica. Thank yeah, you. raise your hands. You evil. Thing. Robert, Robert said the, the wicked run when nothing's chasing them. <laughs> <laughs> Scripture, right? You know, yeah. So, 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 you know, there's that. But but they'll get this music
1: and they don't even know
0: where they're at by the moment. And then they have the audacity sometimes to tell you, yeah, when I get my second win. <laughs> I didn't get my first win. Like, when's the second way gonna come? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Right? But, but but they get hyped and they get ready. This is a lie. She says I need to stop. I need I need to collect my thoughts. Rather than being quick to speak, being unproductive, and using damaging words. You know some of the worst things you can say is, I think. Mm-hmm. When you get ready to get some spiritual advice. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about that. Yeah. Some of the most damaging words you can say is starting the sentence with, with with, I think, dot, dot, dot. When you get ready to get spiritual advice. Well, on the spot right here, slow to his opinion, he's cultivating the spirit of God to listen to him. And, and here's what it says. Look at, look at the rest of, what verse we on? 15? Now bring your musicians, rest of 15. While the musician played, the Lord's hand came on Elijah. While he took the time, while he knew. See, see, part of being spiritually mature is being wise enough to know I'm about to react the wrong way. That's a big thing for us. I hope we understand that. Like just being man enough, woman enough, whatever, to say, I'm not about to react the right way, I need to I need a moment. You know, I commend people. You know, talking with somebody the other day who who he knew he couldn't take a phone call at a certain time of the day because it wouldn't have been good words to that person. Yes. So he had to just let it ring. And I was like, man, that, that was that was smart. Because mm-hmm. I, I I would have been the dummy to answer the phone sometimes and <laughs> you know, not done the right way. <laughs> right? But, but but that was smart. And I had to commit him on it right there, right? Music, worship, praise, all, all this stuff. It bring, here's what, it brought the manifestation of the presence of God <coughs> on me. Do we understand how much power can be in in that kind of break, man. Do we understand how important setting that that, 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 that moment is? Look at Acts chapter 16 in the New Testament, 25 and 26. It says at midnight, some of y'all get tired at midnight, some of y'all just getting wound up at midnight, but it says at midnight, Paul and Silas, they said, man, we ain't got nothing better to do, we're going to (coughs) pray. Right? Like there's no TV to watch, The, the floor is uncomfortable, God's keeping me awake for a reason. They prayed and said they sent praises unto the Lord and the prisoners heard them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and, and no one's bands were loosed. And everyone's bands were loosed. I'm sorry. They were praising while they were still in prison. They were praising while the bars were still in front. They were praising while shackles were still on them. They were praising while the walls of Jericho were still in front of them. Remember that last week? Man, some of us, we, we got to start shouting before something happens. Shout about a victory before your marriage gets restored. Shout about victory before your kids come back to the Lord. Shout about victory before you get the new job. Shout about victory before you get the new house. You know what I'm saying? Let's like, just start shouting if we're going to believe it. Amen. Right? If we're going to believe in the healing hand of God, let's shout about it before it even happens. If not, what we're saying is the same as the rest of the world. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Right? Exactly. Shout about it Paul is praying, singing praises, bringing the manifestation of the miracle on it. Number five. Last one for this section, then you get sermon number two, so you're not done yet. Right? <laughs> we should be someone who speaks God's word clearly. Uh, now, that's a bad line for me. Right? I can't pronounce words, but I try my best to get the word of God clearly out there for us to apply. Look at 16 through 19. 16 through 19. Here's what's going on. You brought the musicians, music the to plays. Then God says, here's what I want you to tell him, Elijah. He says, this is what Yahweh says, dig a ditch. I have stop you right there. I'm just being honest. like I'm that kind of guy, right? I know. Hold on, hold on, we're in the desert. It's dry, it's hot. I ain't had nothing to drink in seven days. I'm not wasting my last little bit of energy digging ditches. Right, like you need to explain what's going on, right? Dig a ditch in this wilderness, in this desert. Yahweh says, you will not see wind or you will not see rain. Hold on, stop. See, I've just been stopping nothing, right? right? What do you mean I ain't going to see no wind? I need a cool breeze to come on in and make me feel good. I need the rain to fall right now on top of me, right? You're not know, going to see no wind, you're not know, going to see no rain. But the wilderness, the desert, where you're at, it's going to be filled with water. And you will drink and your cattle will drink and your animals will drink. And then I love verse 18. Here, here, here's where we get this part right? This is easy. God. He's making it clear. Like, you guys, y'all couldn't handle it. Like, y'all couldn't take care of it. You got three kings, three armies, who knows how much cattle and all this stuff behind you. Like, you couldn't handle being thirsty. But this is, this is, look look at 18, man. You need a verse 18 in your life. This is easy for the Lord. What is it in your life that you think is so hard, so bad, so impossible that God is saying, man, this is easy for me. Right? Let me finish it. I want to go back and talk about A.T. for just a little bit, right? He's, to, he's not only going to give you something to drink, man. He's going to hand Moab over to you also.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, nobody thinks about it right here, but I'm thinking in my head, the only thing they asked for was a drink of water, and God's telling them, I'm going to give you a drink of water, and I'm going to hand Moab over to you. Isn't it would good? I don't even want to get that, because that's sermon number two. Hold on, hold on, we're going to come back, I promise, right? <laughs> I'm going to read 19:2. Then you'll tap. well, and that's where he gets to us. I ain't going to pause right there. Here's where we're at. We need somebody who speaks God's word clearly. Verse 18. This is an easy thing. Three armies. They couldn't do nothing. Elijah says God's got it. We just, we just need some time to tell people, make sure they understand when we say it, like God's got this. Not some cliche phrase, not some, like, just thing we tell them. Like, like tell them, man, let me, let me tell you, God's got this. Let me tell you how I know god got this. Because let me tell you what He's already done. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, he has already delivered and got things right. Let me let me tell you how, in the middle of COVID, when there is no beds, a guy who needed a bed got one last night in the hospital. that's was, like, pretty crowded and pretty popular. Not only did he get one, he had a staff ready as soon as he rolled in, you know, to, to, to treat him. And the guy who was going to find what the other hospital missed, like, saw it instantly. Now, some of y'all are thinking, man, that's a cool coincidence. Call it whatever the heck you want to call it. That's a God sentence. And that phrase is happy. It's 50 cent every time you use it. Right? It's a God That's what those are. That's what happens when those things take place. All right? got to get this, man. He's telling you this was impossible for you guys, but for God. You know what we call them miracles because we think they're so huge. I laugh sometimes when I, when I think about a woman like this, because God's like that's so small to me. Like, you ever notice like 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 people who strain over opening a jar? Like to them, that's the hardest thing ever. And then they hand it to the right person, it's just pop. I think that's kind of like God. Like, we're, we're straining to open something, we're straining, like, I want my blessing, God. I can't open it. And we hand it to God, and God's like, Bob. Right? That, that was so easy. Though. That was so easy for me. And, and you've got to understand that it's easier. I'm not saying it like this. So, so you that be like, man, it so easy for God to like, fight. You know here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand. Because sometimes I think, y'all think when God does something big in a strategy, like then he's got to take a break. God ain't worn out by performing miracles for you. You know what I'm saying? Like God ain't got to take no breaks. He ain't taking no nap because he was tired. Like I'm going to take a nap today. <laughs> right. I, I worked real hard this week. I was slammed yesterday. Then we had a birthday party. They made me play basketball at it. Like, I told you I don't do cardio. So, like, I just wanted to pick the ball up put the ball down. But they wanted me to run and shoot it and pass it and all that stuff. And we won, by the
1: way. Uh, but but in, that process,
0: right, in that process, I got tired. And, and, and then we wanted to watch Machine Gun Preacher because. That's a good way to end your Saturday. <laughs> Be careful when you watch that movie. I'm not promoting that movie. I'm promoting the guy's testimony. Okay? Please understand that. Anyway, I always say because there is some, some questionable words. Lots of, okay. lots of questionable words. Anyway, Uh-oh.
1: God's telling him
0: this is, this is easy for you, right? I can change the unchangeable. And here's what he tells Elijah. We're going to transition into Sermon 2 now, right? Here's what he tells Elijah, verse 16. This is what Yahweh says Make this valley full of ditches. Now, if I didn't get to stop Elijah, I'd at least been asking when he's done. Like, we gotta dig like one ditch. This ditch gotta be like one shovel by one shovel? Like how big, (laughs) like how big a ditch it gotta be? Like what's it what's it gotta do? Because I'm thinking like this sounds really strange to be in the desert digging ditches for no reason. It don't make any sense to me. Sometimes you ought to be doing some stuff that don't make no sense to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when it don't make sense to you, it makes perfect sense. To God. Now here's the problem we need to understand. I told you I stopped to be like, no, I just want the rain. They go, that's so us. We want our containers filled with water, but we don't want to dig no dishes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yes. We want all the blessings. But we don't want to do none of the work, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Verse 17, he tells them. And in case you were thinking storms and rain was coming, they ain't coming. But water's coming. You got to scratch your head when God tells you something like that, right? Like, there's no river. Mountains are over here. We're over here. What do you mean? No rain, no wind, but water. Water's coming Here, check this out on the other thing. Verse 17. This is what the Lord says. You're not get rain. You're going to fill the water so much that you can drink it. Look, look at this map. If you catch your Bible, go to, chapter, go to verse 20 and hold it real quick. All right, that's one of the topographical maps. That's the college word, topographical. Right, Maybe high school. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, it been a best <coughs> so so here's where I'm at yesterday. I'm reading this thing. Again, done no, like sixty times, listen to it, another thirty times, right? And I catch something that happens. Like, and it says that the water flowed from Edom to Moab. Mm-hmm. Right? And and like I am a I'm a picture guy, so like I pull up a map, like I want to see the route that they're taking. I want to see how this is how this is going. Like I want to make sure it's lining up, right? And I say, man, how is water flowing from the south to the north? And I get all excited about it. I'm like, this is this is so cool. This is awesome. Water is flowing south to north, right? And I run in the room, and my wife, who I'm not educated, I don't like school. My wife is on, like, her third degree, going for a doctorate in law right now, got a master's and all that other stuff. And she's a full-time student for life. She's got geology degrees, and satellite imagery, and and all this stuff. so she sits there with this little smug look on her face. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? And she says, hey, bite down. (laughs) 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 I agree. Don't disrespect (laughs) your preacher or your husband, right? So she (laughs) (laughs) she says, baby, water flowing from south to north ain't got nothing to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) I Uh said, what do you mean it ain't got nothing to do with nothing? I'm excited about this. (laughs) She goes, it depends on the topographical area of, of the lake. So I go back to my computer. do not what to means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I done looked it up.
0: I got you a topographical map. Listen to me. right? So I do, I, 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 I topographical this thing. She goes, I'm going to figure out what she's talking about. And why ain't she excited about what God is doing? When water is going on, sound is Right? She said, was it denial? No, it wasn't denial. We in Israel, right? You know, now, and so know, so. so, 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 so. I get this topographical map. Here's what I notice. I don't know if you guys can see it, but here's what's cool. So, this is the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Edom. Mm-hmm. This is Moab. Mm-hmm. Right, right? If water, if God was going to dump down water, where should it flow from? The mountains. mountains. Right, right. right. topographical map, little dirty wife. Right? So, water ought to just be flowing this way, right? Yes. You see it? Mountains? It makes sense after she calls me out on it. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Water should flow from high. So I'm not air clip. I'm not that smart, so like I had to check it out. So water should be flowing. But here's what God says. God said, "I'm gonna take it from here, and I'm gonna make it flow that way." Right. Is that awesome? So y'all better get more excited. I, I put cool. a lot of study into that. Even y'all don't like it, y'all you know, just be like, "Ooh, so, I'm gonna say it one more time." Like, So I'm not I'm not getting no yeah, horror. Yeah, yeah. Like we should be like, hey, God is doing it again. But I think God wants us to get a little excited, right? Like I remember how they cheered for the first touchdown I got. I, I won't get cheered for the second touchdown, my third touchdown. I right? I was running down the sidelines with Reese on the 14th touchdown two seasons ago. Like I, I get excited about every single one of them. I think God wants us to be excited about every single one of them. That's right? I want to get a little more excited. Our God is an awesome where
1: God. Where are we at? Yeah. Now, y'all got
0: me all off track. <laughs> <laughs> we might have police that, right? Oh, I put this. That's why there's an exclamation point on EO. Don't tell me at the door, by the way, exclamation points were put in by man. I know that. <laughs> right? But I think a man put it there because it was important, huh? All right, let's see where we are. Let's see where we are. <laughs> I don't know that we need to run a big ditch how about that That's that sounds good right you need to run a big ditch it makes perfect sense not at all yeah. nothing we can do to solve this problem Jesus told his disciples Luke chapter 18 verse 27 what is impossible with man is possible with God Jesus want to make sure his followers knew man there's going to be things that are impossible for you that don't make sense to you that you can't do but with God's grace over any situation it can happen That's
1: right.
0: but you get some, you get back. but God doesn't
1: mm-hmm.
0: God doesn't but but here's you gotta make sure you do write this part down. God does require our trust in our leaders. It's required. I'm sick of us saying like our relationship with God is unconditional. It's not. The Bible is full of conditions. Yes, it is. Okay. If you've never heard that, I hate to pop your bubble and break your little heart and, and all that. The Bible is full of conditions. If you do this, I will do this. Here in this chapter, if you dig a ditch, I will bring water. Now, what if God had just brought water without a ditch? Wouldn't
1: have any place to go?
0: That's it. It would have just been soaked up in the ground and it had been wasted. How many of you guys bless us, have us we wasted because we didn't dig a ditch when we were supposed to? Mm-hmm. Can't right. That hurts feelings you think about one person, right? That's right. If I, and, and maybe this is it. When you dig in a ditch, you've you got to find some emptiness. That's what a ditch is, right? You're, you're digging earth out of the way, so there's some emptiness, right? Do you remember the widow from chapter 4 of 1 Kings? Mm-hmm. I know it was a long time ago, but you should remember she brought these jars over were me, right? Yes. Remember she brought these jars to, to be filled and, and, and to get this thing done. And right? How many jars would you have brought? You ever ask yourself that? Like that, I wrote that down. Mister Doug the other day, he was doing Bible study, you know, for Wednesday night. He said I asked myself a lot of questions. Me too. We try to that questions get your brain going, right? But I remember how many jars would I have brought? Because he was willing to fill them all, right? Go back to this dig a ditch, or God won't fill a thing. You know, this is putting faith into action, right? Mm-hmm. This is putting faith in action. James chapter 2, verse 18 says, Show me your faith without your Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was telling somebody the other day, we, we get so caught up on like this faith and works thing. It, it, this is faith, this is works. We ought to be running so fast together you don't even know which one's leading. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes sense to you. Like, we don't know what started it. We, it's just going. Right? As fast as it can happen, man. We want it to rain, but we don't want to dig ditches. I, I thought about this with Joe. I wanted that beard. I was growing it, I was growing it pretty good. And my wife said, I don't like the size. So I had to turn it down on Valentine's Day and make it all clean cut, right? But I wanted it. But I wasn't willing to put forth the time and the work. Right? Take some time and work to get out there. Look at that thing over there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, man. They got to cut it off and just glue it all. like, we want the easy way out. We always want the easy way out, don't we? They're no different. They're like, oh, let's just ask God to make it rain. God's like, I ain't going to make it rain. I'm going to bring water, and it might sound ridiculous, but you might have to dig a ditch. Here's our last three lessons. Mini sermon, I swear. Number one. God's plan for you requires your response. I kind of already hit it in that one. God's plan for you requires your response. They may have wanted water all of a sudden, but God's plan is no. I want a response. You better get busy. You better start digging some ditches in the valley. You got to participate if you want it to happen. Whew. Let me say that again. You got to participate if you want it to happen. Right? You want it to happen, you got to participate. This is what God's telling us. Get busy. Now, side note for you go-takers. I'm not saying get busy doing anything. Get busy doing the right thing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, get busy doing what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. Don't just have busy work. Being busy isn't always a good thing unless you're being led by the Holy Spirit. God specializes in filling things that are empty. So maybe you can ask yourself this. What's got to go so that i got some room for God to fill? What if you just go home and have to get rid of every movie so that you can fill it with the right movies? What if you had to go home and get rid of every, every music CD? Now, I know you're thinking, we ain't got CDs no more. All right, well, it'd go to your little MP3 lesson that started. What if you had to make more room because you didn't have the new iPhone that had any more room, right? What'd it have to go? What'd it have to go? What friends would have to go? What free time habits would have to go? What places would have to go for a little while? What's got to go so gotta, you know, sometimes I think maybe we don't get. We don't get the blessing because we ain't made room. It goes back to the, to the quote-unquote Christmas story, right? Man, what, what if there had been enough room in the I end? Mean, that guy's inn would have been famous forever. It would still be open today. You know what I'm saying? Like he would have had a little sign at the bottom that said, Jesus born, Messiah born here. Right? You don't want to get confused on all the other was being born. So he'd have put Messiah, Messiah born here, right? Open since 0 B.C. Right? <laughs> going on. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Somebody's thinking, there is nothing. i all right, well, one, we see what, what, what it right. is really right. How about this? Dig ditches. Dig ditches, man. Something God, and here's what I love about it. This is something God's people can do. You know why your mom, I said at the beginning, you know what your mom always said? you ain't going to go flip burgers, or you're going to dig a ditch for the rest of your life if you don't get an education? Because that's something anybody can do. Now, I'm not downing that job if it's a starter job. But understand me, that's a starter job. Nobody's goal is to do those jobs forever, right? Your job is to do that job to get to the next job. And to the next job, and to the next job, and to the next job. That, that's the big argument right now with, with things going on with all this minimum wage and all that crap. It's a minimum wage job because it's minimum ever. You're not meant to be there forever. Yeah. You're meant to progress yourself, guys. That, that'd be like saying, man, I, I memorized Psalm 23 and Carla's classroom when I was six years old. And I never learned nothing else in Scripture. You missed it. That's the beginning. The bad part is it's such an awesome beginning. You're teaching parents to memorize the chapter now. Right? There'll be 50 parents that know Psalm 23 by the end and it's just because you started this thing. See what I'm saying? Right? Children teaching kids instead of children. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) How about this? Now, God doesn't say it this way, but here's here's where I'm I'm interpreting about what's happening. All right, it says that he brings the water, right? From the south to the north. And it fills these ditches so full they overflow. So would it be safe to say that, that God brings however much they had made room for? It? Yes. Right? I'm wondering how many people were like those slackers that took like a couple of and They made like a little tiny ditch. They made a ditch, but they made the smallest ditch you could get. And then the water came and it overflowed out of that ditch. And like, oh, I could have had more. But you didn't dig it deep enough. You didn't dig it wide enough. You didn't, you didn't participate enough. Right? I think, I, think, I think that's the way it is. I picture this thing as the, the measure of the water they're about to get that's going to be available to them is directly connected to how faithful they are in digging the ditch. You say, oh, I want all these blessings, but you're not willing to dig a ditch. And if you are, you're digging little baby ditches. Right? Look, what we got? I mean, I, I'm like, let's start a ditch, and then let's call Cody and tell him to bring some like big machinery over there, and let's just tear it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just let's just dig it as deep and as wide as we can get it, and let's sink the whole machine in it, right? And it'll be all right because it'll float later <laughs> when it dries out or something. I don't know, right? But we gotta get that that kind of mentality when God tells us to do something. It's that the ditches overflowed. However, however deep they dug these things, God was able to fill it. How many of us are doing a halfway job and shortcutting ourselves on the blessings of God? Right? Got, you're, 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 you know what a buy-in is? Like when you buy into a company, you buy into something, right? You, the, you're, you're, you're putting forth things that you believe in it, right? Like you're putting forth your, your hard-earned money, like your, your participation in this thing. Your buy-in matters when it comes to God's blessings. And that's weird to think about what it does. And the return on it, out of this world. Number two, I told you be a mini-sermon. I feel a little bit of Test our trust in him. This is what it does. This is testing our trust in him. Verse 20. About the time for the grain offering the next morning, uh, water suddenly came from the direction of Edom, and it filled the entire land. All these men had to do was dig a ditch. And God supplied them with more water than they could have ever asked for. Right? Supernatural way of doing it. Okay? Because what he told them to do was dig a ditch, and he would fill it. That's exactly what he did when they did their part. Understand this. It is super hard to put that kind of trust in God, yes. Good. But it's super valuable to return when we do. Mm-hmm. Think, think, think about these guys. I told you many of God interrupt your in lives and you're like, man, I ain't had to drink in seven days. Like, like the chance of them digging this ditch, if God doesn't deliver, like they die sooner. Mm,
1: yeah.
0: They're in the desert, no water, super dry ground, getting ready to exert all their last efforts into this work. If God don't deliver, they may die. Quicker than they were going to die. All their trust is saying, do you trust God that much? Do you trust God that much? Do you trust him with your marriage that much? Do you trust him with your, your, your children that much? Do you trust him with what the next step in your life for your job? Do you, do you trust him that much? Yes, sir. I didn't I didn't trust God until I got to that halftime event. I played religion. I was no different than these three kings, right? Grew up in church, knew I, mean, I could quote every, I could quote Psalm 23 backwards, right, at that moment. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could. Mom and dad did everything they were supposed to do to root it in me the right way. I just let it be superficial level and nothing more. And then God got me. Right? Then God got me. Then it was over. Right? We just, we, we got to understand this. This is where the trust goes. And, and I think sometimes this. We believe God did a supply, but we don't believe in the way he'll supply if you were looking at this map, they knew this region. And God was going to tell you, you know, water's going to flow from, from Edom over to Moab. You'd be like, no, it ain't. That ain't even possible. Right? We don't trust in the way God says he can do it. If God was to ask you to dig a ditch today, would you do it? Yes. That's a, that's a new thing. me and about quiz each other. Around. Like, if God was walking to the tire shop right now, and he was say, Le- leave the tire iron and go, just do it? Yeah. And i tell you, no, you wouldn't. Like <laughs> <laughs> a Right, actually. <laughs> it ain't quite as good as yours, Joe, but it's a pretty good sign. Right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Snatch that thing back. Right? Now, <laughs> would we, though? Would we? It sounds crazy, right? But, but if God was to come into your life right now and tell you some of the things that are in Scripture, would you be obedient? Mm. Some of you really wouldn't, and that's why you'd never be written about. It. I think that's why he had to do it back then. Right? Mm. Man. He told Moses, man, stretch your staff out <laughs> over the water. I bet Moses was like this. What in the world like you want me to hold a stick over water while I got a million people behind me that's mad? But when he did, what happened? How about when I get in the desert after a little while? I, I, I pity Moses, man. Right? Like the dumb things, I, I call it this in my notes, just to be honest with you guys, the stupid things Moses had to do, we ought to do some more of. But y'all, y'all might not get that, y'all might not think that's proper, but that's what I'm talking about, right? Like the stupid things he did, we ought to have a little bit more stupid faith. Or right, maybe for you, proper fear. It shouldn't be stupid faith. Ridiculous faith, then. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care, okay? I'm not proper. Right? we ought to get some more ridiculous faith. He's in the desert, all the guys are mad at him again. I don't know how you get mad at a guy who just held a stick out and watched the whole ocean and see, I don't know it you can see, part and make roof, right? I can not get mad at that guy, but they do. Moses prays, yes, I want stick you to take your stick. I want you to hit that rock. Mm-hmm. God, don't make me do it again. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you with this stick, man? And he hits the rock, and what happens? A board. A board. out. Board, you know, a little bit later, he gets in the same situation. God tells him, I want you to hit the Hit the stick again, right? I want you to hit the, the rock again, right? What does he do, though? Yeah. supposed to speak. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's supposed, supposed to speak to, speak to speak the rock this next time, right? What does he do? I just thought he would. <laughs> he's probably like me. Like he'd like to hit some people who are supposed to speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he's at. But, but, but God, God delivers, and then what? Moses gets into trouble. Hmm. If we would just follow the ridiculous things he tells us to do, right? The mighty miracles he could perform by people who are willing to do and willing to put their trust in him. We don't get it because we don't trust him. Last night, God's power will always exceed our expectations. I'm not going to make it over to the end, but I'm going to read 21 through 24. Moab hears about all these things that are going on, right? And, and, and I don't know when exactly they knew the attack was coming. They probably heard it. They probably gathered. Now, here's what you got to know about Moab. Moab knew that that valley was a trap. Like it was dry. There wasn't nothing good there, right? That's why I didn't care about it. Moab goes to sleep. The next morning they wake up and, and the sun just happens to hit. And I don't know y'all think, what? Coincidence. Right? The sun just happens to hit the water at the right angle. It's amazing when the sun shines on somebody, right? On something, right? Hits water at the right angle. What do the Moabites Moab see? Blood. Oh, it's blood everywhere. There was no water there before, so it can't be water. It's just got to be blood everywhere. These three groups done got together and killed themselves last night. I-, I told you at the beginning, what you gotta be careful what you want to see? You remember that? Mm-hmm. You ever like mm-hmm. some of y'all might not be able to relate to this and some of you just do not want to admit this. You ever wanted to see something so bad and you think you see it? Yes. Right? Yes. These Mobites, they wanted to see it so bad, they-, they were willing to let themselves be fooled by a mirage. They weren't walking by faith, they were walking by sight. Right? We're called to walk by faith, not by sight, because sometimes we we'll get fooled by the things we see because our brain wants to see something so bad that, that it tricks us. And the Moabites, and they see this thing, and they rush down, and they say, oh, great. Right? We could just gather all their plunder. and they get that socks beat off of them. Right? And, and it's an easy battle, in all honesty, for these, these three armies. Way easier than it should have been the hardest thing I think they had to do was dig them ditches in the beginning. <laughs> right? Sometimes the hardest thing you got to do is the first step. And then God will just get you the rest of the way. Sometimes the hardest thing you've got to do is give up the first hit. Right? Turn down the first drink. Say no one time. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can do it once and I, oh, I... think I can do it again. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe the other way. The hardest thing is to make the right decision just once. I'm going to read my Bible one more. And you do it. And then Tuesday morning you're like, I'm gonna read it again. And by the time you know it, you don't worship God seven days in a week. Mm-hmm. You don't even know it. Yeah, you you gave God some time every part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Man. They had they had this other thing coming. they get they get so confused and get beat up. When when we aren't walking by faith, we're prone to see mirages. Mm. We are. When we're not walking by faith, it goes back to what we said about they didn't know God's voice, so they didn't hear God's voice. Mm-hmm when we're not walking by faith, we're prone to see things that we, we shouldn't see, right? This is where we're at and I, and I love this is the this is the example of what the enemy does too, by the way. You see they waited until they were weak and then came, or thought they were weak and then came to attack? Does the enemy not do that to us? Yeah. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. What a loser. Like a shark smells blood and comes on. And <laughs> then they die by the spear. Right? That allows them to win this thing. Here, here's what you gotta check though, here's the biggest thing, right? We said God does more than we expect. What, did they, ask what did they ask for? What did they ask for? Water. 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 They go to Elijah and they say, well, I want something to water. drink. I want some drink. I'm thirsty. God says, I'm going to give you so much water, it's going to overflow the land. You're going to be able to dock it. You read the end of the you You're going to be able to dock it up, and you're going to make the enemy so mad at the end, he's going to kill his own son as a sacrifice. In that process, I said I wasn't good to the end, but I guess I am. In that process, he's going to use that for the people to finally let it click. This guy is psycho. We don't need to follow him anymore. And they're out. God did all that with water. What can God do if you're willing to do this? Amen. Uh Huh? He did all that with water they had asked for to drink. God always excels at exceeding our expectations. He's that awesome, man. Even when we think it's something silly and strange to do, right? Even when it doesn't make sense on the process and the order to to do these things. We feel like God doesn't work in our lives anymore. It's it's probably because we're not willing to work in our lives anymore. Huh? Huh? Now, some of y'all are hearing this for the first time. You're like, man, I thought we just came to church like and God did everything else. No. I hate to pop your bubble. That ain't the way it works, man. Like, he wants to do way more than you can. But it ain't just come and, and, like, like you going to believe any holier today when you came in, when you walk out, unless you let him change you. Right? But that's on you. That's like the kids. They, they ain't getting good just being in the gym. They're probably getting hyper because they got a bunch of sugar back there. It's Valentine's Day. And they're going to send them back to you all. My kids are going to Charlene because we're going on a date. Right. <laughs> Charlene, Thank you, I'm a right, be willing to do what God tells you to do even if it doesn't make sense right Holy Spirit guides us all the time we don't have to understand we just gotta obey I, I, I sometimes tell people some of you probably heard before like we're to be a thermometer or we're to be a thermostat not a thermometer this. you know the difference of the two like, one just tells you what the temperature is, one sets the stage. One sets the temperature. you going to be a temperature setter, or are you going to be one that just, just blends in and goes away. you going to affect the, 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 the temperature. That's, that's what a thermostat does. It affects the temperature. Right? And it's amazing how, how much one degree can change things. we we got a, a little thing, but we can't change it too much. But we got a little thing in our house where I, I like it really cold. So, I, One degree. One degree. <laughs> One degree. one degree at a time, that's this rule. Right? Crystal likes it really hot, so she had one degree. Five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was telling me. Well that's because you knocked it down all so low. It was one degree. Right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> one degree can make you have to stop <coughs> and think before you speak. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we gotta be prepared for the miracles we're asking for. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe 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 we're not even prepared for what we're asking God to do. Like, we've got no idea <laughs> what God's capable of doing, what He's about to do in our lives. we just got to be prepared for right? it. Right? The song is this. Oh, what it all I, it,
1: I will rise. I will rise,
0: right? I will rise. With when, when what? When He calls my name. What's that mean? It's okay to stay where you're at, too. You understand? So we've got to realize that. It's okay. But when He calls your name, uh, I, I wish we had been smart You know, fancy as well as Writing all these songs We should have changed this one to I will dig a ditch Right? <laughs> I will dig a ditch, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm going to pray Let's pray Thank God for that, right? Okay? Father God, we thank you for today We thank you, Lord God That uh, you use chapters like this, Lord God To teach us so much Lord, I pray that it not just be some Some stories and historical events That took place, Lord God But God, it'd be something that can take place in our lives today. God, that we can swallow our pride, Lord God, and surrender to you, God. God, we can get busy when you put a call on us. Lord God, God, we can have ridiculous faith to do ridiculous things when you call us to. Lord, that we're we're, we're trusting enough in you that we'll let our character stand strong no matter who we stand in front of. God, you've given us so much in this chapter. God, I I, I pray back to verse 17 right now, Lord God, that you take this, this time of Bring a musician. And you take this time, just like you did in this story with Elijah, Lord God. You use it while musicians are playing, but you speak to every person in here that's open up to hear you. God, it will be something so different today because of your spirit and our willingness to follow through. Your great and holy name, we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.